0: Grab your Bible and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and and uh, we have been in a series. Oh, let me say this also. Um, uh, Last week was Mother's Day. I wasn't actually in here. I was in the church, but not in here. I was actually in kids, and but I did want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms, and just for me, Merry, Merry Christmas, <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. It starts with an M. Leave me alone. Anyways, um, but I also just felt like I, like I enjoyed hanging out in Pathway Kids. I always, I get this is kind of my new thing, but I get to do that. And Mariah, a lot of times, will go and, and we'll serve together, and, and it's a lot of fun. And I get to meet some of your kids, and uh, and it's amazing because your gift works no matter what room you're in. Right. In fact, according to the Bible, when you use your room, when you use your gift in small rooms, that's how you get to big rooms. They said a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great kings. So, you know, sometimes we're always waiting for our big moment instead of taking the little moment because it's the little moment that gets you. This is a great sermon, by the way. (laughs) It's the little moment that gets you to the big moment. But anyways, I was preaching the gospel to the four-year-olds, and it was awesome because I, pre- I threw back. Because whenever I'm in there, it's always nice. They pair me, first of all, with a wonderful other uh, volunteer that knows how all the things work. And so I say, if you'll be the play-by-play, I'll be the color guy. And so if you understand sports announcements, there's always a guy that's kind of play-by-play. And then there's the guy that's always talking about the theory and psychology and whatever. And so they're always like, well, since you're the pastor, you can deliver the message. I'm like, I got you. What are we doing today? Jonah and the well. I got you. I'll tell you about Jonah and the Well. So I got to preach on Jonah and the Well, and then did a mini, a mini-series on the wise builder and the other class. And so um, but I, I wanted I just I said all that just to say this. That a lot of times, first of all, we think serving is the highest value in the kingdoms, how everyone is saved as they're served into the kingdom. But I just wanted to make this point because we don't make it a lot, and that is when we talk about serving and preaching the gospel to kids, I just would like to say, men, we're also talking to you, not just to the women. And that's not to bring condemnation, but I think we as men, I mean, we're men, you know? And I, I understand how men think I, I, I be one. And and sometimes sometimes we think, well, that's, you know, that's what the women do. They go teach the children, you know? And, and I would just like to say, men, it's a lot of fun. Like, I've, I've been wrestling some kids lately. And I had one put me in like a superplex thing. It was pretty freaky. Um yeah, he was like, you know, every bit of three and a half foot tall and um twenty-seven pounds. And um, but anyways, I tapped out. But I'm just saying <laughs> I just want to say, man, you can also preach the gospel and serving kids, and I'd just like to invite you to do that. So that was the whole point of that. All right, now grab your Bibles. (laughs) Matthew chapter six. We've been in a series of messages that we called kingdom cause, kingdom cause. And I want to continue that today. Um, and I want to talk about something that I don't know if we connect with this, but I want to talk about priority. I want to talk about priorities. And so Matthew chapter six, we're going to dive in together. Verse 24, it says, no one can serve two masters, Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. That word actually has its root in the words actually, correctly, mammon. Mammon and money are not necessarily the same thing. Um, Money is what you use. Mammon is what you trust in. It's okay to use money. We use money every day at the church to preach the gospel. That's money. Mammon is when you trust in it. It actually has its root in a Babylonian deity. So therefore, by the way, the sermon is not on giving today. So if you're getting nervous, don't turn me off. Okay, don't turn me off. Like two words that have split a church, tithe and tongues. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, it's the truth, man. Preacher said, preach on tithe, half the church like revival. The other half is like, yeah, they'll get your purse. He's trying to get my, he's trying to hold your wallet. Um, It's kind of like when you say tongues, you say the word tongues, half the church like, "Shoo!" oh God, our moment has come. And the other church is like, my God, they're going to get streamers out. Anyway, so I'm not preaching on that. So no man can serve God in money. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. (laughs) Worry about your life. My dad has a saying, he says, don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. But don't worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will wear. It is not life more than food in the body, more than clothes? Look at the birds. They don't sow a reaper store in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Where are my worriers? Where are my worriers? Come on, be honest. We're in church. Jesus is watching. Here's what I know. If you're married, you married somebody that doesn't worry and that irritates you. Is this? Am I preaching the gospel this morning? And you probably got irritated at them, like, you're not worried about this? And they're like, nope. Okay, well, someone's going to be responsible, so I'm going to worry for both of us? You're so irresponsible, you're not even worried. Anyways, that's what I know. So, by the way, we have a gene in our family. It comes from my maternal grandmother, and so it's hereditary. And so I have the worrying gene, and I have to work on that too, so I get it. If you're a worrier, I get it. Sometimes I think about who even worries about half the stuff I'm worried about. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense to worry about that. Um, don't worry about your clothes. See the, see the flowers, the field, they grow. They don't toil or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of them. If that is how God clothes the gra- clothes, clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And he says, oh, oh you have little faith. So don't worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear for the pagans? You could say unbelievers run after these things. There's a picture of culture. And your heavenly father knows what you need. But seek for, I love big butts in the Bible. They never lie. But <laughs> seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. If you're religious, you're going to struggle in our church. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Every religious demon just left. (laughs) When Humpty makes an appearance during the Sermon of the Mount. But anyways, (laughs) we got to read this, y'all, and pray. All right, therefore, but first seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its... How many know? Yeah, how many know each day has enough trouble of its own? All right. I want to talk to you about priorities. I call this message Kingdom Priority. Kingdom Priority. Let's pray together. God, help us not to miss this moment. And, God, there's going to be a lot of distractions in the next few minutes. There'll be people that have to move around, and there'll be phones that buzz. And, God, there'll just be stuff. There'll be people getting hungry. But, God, help us not to miss this moment. Help us to stay focused on what you want to say to us today. And let us hear it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I looked at this verse and, and we've, I've known this, I mean, everybody knows Matthew six thirty-three. It's one of those kind of cornerstone verses that we learned very early. Seek first the kingdom. It's kind of interesting. We can all say it. We all struggle to figure out how to do it. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, even as a pastor, I'm like, I gotta tell people how to seek first the kingdom. I'm like, how do you seek first the kingdom? Is that a prayer meeting? Is that a song? Does that mean you're in church? Cause you can come to church and not be seeking first the kingdom. I mean, you can pray and not be seeking first the kingdom. Yeah. You know, um, And then you might be out helping somebody, and that might be seeking first the kingdom. By the way, I've got a message coming up that really is a picture of seeking first the kingdom. Anyways, it'd be good. But the point is, we look at it, and unfortunately, I even say this, it becomes laborious when we talk about honestly. Can we just be honest? Can, can we just chat? Just I'm your friend. Um, but isn't it true that a lot of times when we talk about seeking first the kingdom, it sounds like a a, a goal to be reached, a task to be completed, a job to be finished, and it almost becomes so laborious and almost ambiguous that we even struggle to even figure out am I even seeking first the kingdom? Because that mean I tithe, or does that mean I go to the mission on Saturday? You know what, what what does it really, what does it really mean? Um, but but I, I like it because the more I study something, I, I love to study the Bible and I love to ask questions I never ask, and I love to try to see it in a different way and to pretend that I've never read it. So, like if I hadn't been shackled by 40 years of hearing, seek first the kingdom. I was raised in a Pentecostal church. That's where that comes from. And you gotta, and if you're Pentecostal, you're Pentecostal. There's a way you do things, and um, yeah, and you have to. Yes, there's a huff. Seek first the kingdom. Um, If you go to Bible school, they teach you that. They also teach you how to say God with like three or four syllables. God. it's more anointed, seriously. <laughs> but anyways, um, <laughs> enough of the comedy. Back to the message. Okay, so, um, but speak first the kingdom, I love to look at things and say, you know, if I, if I weren't maybe burdened down or heavy laden <laughs> with the burden of feeling like this is a, such an obligation that I never measure up to, I have those thoughts too. You probably have read this verse and thought that's an obligation I don't measure up to. And I thought, I wonder if I just backed it out, simplified it, just thought it's the first time I've ever read it. And I wonder if this would get easier. And all of a sudden I saw this through the lens of priority. And I thought, that's really the message here. He's talking about priority. And he's actually righting a wrong. And and what I mean by that, so so like we we live, and most people understand, um, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And he's saying that you you have these physiological needs that have to be met, which, you know, basically food and clothes. And then you have some safety security needs, like a place to live. And then you have belonging needs because we, we need to belong. And then you have esteem needs because I need to kind of know who I am and what I need to know about me. And then you have these um, self-actualization or purpose, like why I'm here. So Abraham Maslow is saying, you know, in order to get to purpose, you have to meet, you know, physiological needs and safety and security needs and belonging needs and esteem needs, and that's how you get to purpose. And most people commonly accept that in 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 the earth, and that's pretty, you know, most of us have heard about his hierarchy of needs. and 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 I'm not even necessarily against it, it's just that Jesus offers something actually completely different. In fact, what I would say is in the fall of man, it wasn't just that man fell from relationship with God. it was that man fell from the authority and dominion that God had placed man in. But more than that or even in in, in addition to, that'd be better. In addition to that, man fell from priorities. In fact, in the fall, Because of the fall, and I'll show you this in scripture, but our priorities became inverted. And and let me show you what I'm talking about. Because if you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 38, it says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and take dominion or have dominion. Dominion is kingdom. So essentially, this is the Old Testament, seek first the kingdom. That's what God told them. He said, God blessed them, and he said, hey, I want you to seek my kingdom first. All right? And then, verse 29, and then God said, See, I've given you every um, herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, so it will be food. Look, So he gave them self-actualization first. And he said, if you will seek first the kingdom, the food will be provided. In fact, if you're a hunter, verse 30 is for you. It's my life verse. Also, he gave to every beast of the earth, every bird. See, there's your fowl, your water game, all that. To every bird of the air and everything that creeps on. the. And then if you need to hunt creeps, uh, you you can. Um, in which there is life. <laughs> I'm not suggesting you should. I'm just saying it's in the Bible. Um, and and he said, and there again, I've given every green herb for for food. And so look at this. So look at this. So. So um, God has created man and all of creation, and he says, okay, here's your priority. Seek first the kingdom. Now, this is going to sound really familiar because it's what Jesus says. It's what God says just one. Seek first the kingdom. All these things will be added. In the fall, what also fell was priority. And then immediately God says, I mean, it's what the Bible says. Now, now, Adam, you're going to have to go out and work for food. And all of a sudden food became the necessity. And I had to have food as the priority in order to get back to the kingdom. So what was lost in the fall was the power of priority. So when Jesus comes back and he is preaching, He is preaching this, saying, seek first the kingdom. So seek is an activity. Kingdom is an objective. First is a priority. And so Jesus is actually trying to (laughs) invert yet again or restore or make right the power and purpose and precision of rightly defined priorities. In other words, he's trying to correct the wrong. He's saying, look, the kingdom of God has come, so let's get back to the garden. Seek the kingdom, and then all these things. And what I like when I say the Bible, because too many times we stop at what God said. I like to ask the question, can I discern why he said it? And not just necessarily contextually, But I like to try to see if I can figure out the motive. Now, what I know about God is that God is love. So God can only be motivated by love. There is nothing else that will ever motivate him. God is always motivated and only motivated by love. So when I see Jesus, and this is the Sermon on the Mount, and He's on the Mount of Beatitudes, and this on the, like the northwestern side of, of the Sea of Galilee, kind of up near by Capernaum, and he's sitting down, and there's this multitude of people, and Jesus is preaching this greatest message ever preached. And and then and then he gets to this, okay, listen, you can't serve two masters. And he's like, Hey, you gotta seek first the kingdom. And then, and all of a sudden I realized that this message is not coming out of condemnation. It's coming out of compassion. And what if you could see Matthew 633 that way? This is so good. What if you could see Matthew 633 as compassion and not condemnation? What if you could see it not as a goal and a standard you can't live up to, but a way and an offering that is for you to change you and help you? What if, what if Matthew 6.33 is about serving you not and getting something for you, not getting something from you? Yeah, that's yes. yeah. Amen. And that's what I saw with G. am like, oh, I get it now. He is looking at this lost group of people that are struggling in religion and struggling in a world system, and they're trying to pay bills, and they're just trying to survive. And he sits to them out and he says, listen, I need to tell you something. Seek first the kingdom because it's going to make things work in your life. Seek first the kingdom. And and now he's not telling them just because this is his mission. He's telling them out of a motive of love. I love you. I want to tell you something that's going to help you. And seek first the kingdom was actually designed to serve you. And all of a sudden, it made sense to me. I'm like, oh, I get it. And he's having this conversation about priority because he realizes priorities have power and they change us. And priorities drive purpose. You understand that purpose is driven by priority. Like once you have your purpose, should define your priorities. It should determine your priorities. And, and I realized that, oh man, he is, he is giving us the key to how to live a fulfilled life of power where our needs are met, where things do work, where we're not stressed out, where we actually understand why we're here and what we're supposed to be doing. And all of a sudden I saw this is his teaching is about serving us, not scolding us. And then I realize, okay, so so there's purpose, so that there's priority. Well, what drives priority? Decisions. Right? When I have purpose, I have priority, I make decisions. My decisions is is really what drives me, drives the priorities. And priority is what gets me to purpose. And so he is helping us now with priorities. We know how to make decisions. Because here's the thing you listen to me. Wherever you are in life today, you decided to be there. That's the truth of it. God gave you the fruit of the Spirit called self-control. You have controlled where you're at. How are you doing? If you don't like where you're at, have a staff meeting with yourself and decide you're going to change the decisions that you're making. Right? I mean, it's just the truth of it. I, I, it's just true as I, it's honest, God's honest truth. You are where you decided to be. Now, you said, "Why well, didn't decide to be here. That's how you got here. You decided not to decide. It was still a decision. I'm your friend. I'm just trying to help. Right? It's still a decision. Put in the chat, I am where I decided to be. Like, how did you get here? You didn't accidentally wake up here. Are we in church? Holy cow. So glad I'm dressed. If I got beamed here from the shower, that'd been weird. Anyways, so I saw this, I saw this as as compassion, and I saw that now, out of compassion, Jesus is like, you can decide to align your priorities. Which will line up your life, which will provide for you. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Because we make decisions, right? We make decisions—be good or bad, right or wrong, sound, unsound. But the truth is, for most of us, because you're here on a Sunday or you're watching online, our decisions where we struggle is not really good or bad, not really sound and unsound so much. We usually, as it gets narrower, where we struggle, where we struggle, is between good and God because good is the best substitute for God. The tree in the, in the garden that ultimately brought death to mankind was not just the tree of the knowledge of evil, but the tree of the knowledge of good. And so I have this ability not to just choose good, but to choose God. Not just good, but best. Amen. To line that with priorities and chief purpose. Let me give you three things really quickly. And I'm going to do my best to make it really quickly. But three things about priorities. Number one, priorities reveal faith. Jesus in verse 30 is talking about this priority conversation. I think it's about priorities. And he says this. He says, oh, you have little faith. I think priorities are are an issue of faith because Jesus has all throughout this passage and even throughout the Bible, he identifies multiple systems. So there, there are three governments. You need to understand, Jesus, if you read Isaiah 9, it didn't say the religion, of his religion there would be no end, or the religion was on his shoulders. It says, no, the government was on his shoulders, and of his kingdom there would be no end. Kingdoms are a form of government. So Jesus didn't come to earth to bring a religion. In fact, religion is the worst substitute for kingdom. Yes. Religion is actually designed based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Kingdom is actually designed based on the, the priority of the kingdom meeting our needs. Yes. Yes. And so, so, um, so when, when he shows up, if you look at it, you can't serve God and mammon. Now we're talking about two systems. And so the whole conversation is about which system are you going to trust in? And then he talks about worry because worry is an indicator of trust in the wrong system. Just let it free you. I've already said I'm a bit of a worrier. So let me help you. If you're worried about something today, there's a battle between two kingdoms, and the warfare is which one are you going to trust? All right. Said, so don't worry, don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is gonna be all right, right? Um. And so, so if you think about it, one kingdom. Look at this. Is needs focused. And one kingdom is purpose-focused. See, it's the inverted priorities. Yes. Over here, don't worry about what you need. Well, I don't know. I need clothes. I don't know about you, but food seems like a good thing to worry about, especially if you don't have it. Like, I'm not worried about it right now, but in about an hour, I'll be thinking, I'm worried about food. <laughs> I'm a big boy. This It takes a lot to fuel this thing. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's high-octane here. I can burn a lot of calories just sitting still. It just, I mean, to push blood this far all the time. (laughs) These terrible jokes. But anyways, whatever. Anyways, but the point is, because here, one kingdom is ruled. This is so good. One kingdom is ruled by lack, and the other one is ruled by abundance. And so one kingdom is prioritized by what you lack. And the other one is prioritized by what he has, and so it really is a battle of two systems, and and really the the bottom line is, and this is what Jesus is saying is like, which system are you going to trust? Trust in. In fact, I'll, can I go just a little bit farther? I'll go a little bit farther because I was at an event the other day. And I think about my uh, maternal grandfather, we call him Pop, and Pop was a preacher, and just, he's the most quoted person in our family. He just had tons of great quotes, just down to earth. He had, you know, he technically was educated, like, through the eighth grade and had to quit because he had to go to work to help his family. He lived through the Great Depression. Because of that, he never threw anything away. Um, And when we finally had to clean it, he would just build a new barn to store stuff that junk. Anyways, but the point was, you live through the depression, you don't get rid of stuff. And so, um, but I just had this thought, because looking around, and I'm not, I have nice things. I'm not against nice things. That's not the point. But I was just looking, and I was just, I just pay attention to culture, right? And I was at this event, and I mean, there were so many vehicles at this event that were you know, very expensive, like eighty ninety hundred thousand dollars vehicles. I'm not against having those at all, not against it. It's not the point. But I just thought about I was thinking about this message and I was thinking about the cultures, and I'm like, it's not a problem if you have a hundred thousand dollar car if you don't I don't care, but and I don't think God really is that worried about it. It's just a matter of is it what you're seeking, right? Because not only does this culture is it prioritized and organized by what you lack but it's also by what you want. Right? And so it can be organized by a fear of lack, but it also can be organized by the next thing because the flesh really is never satisfied. How many have found that to be true? Listen, let me make some chocolate chip cookies. I promise I can eat more than you can make. I will eat them until I get sick because I don't know what it is. Nothing's as good as the next bite. Have y'all found that to be true? Like with good chocolate chip cookies, and I can make some good ones. Slap your mama good, which I would never slap my mama, especially over a cookie. (laughs) Because my dad would kill me. And so anyways, um, (laughs) but I'm just saying this kingdom is not not only is it organized by lack, but it's organized by desire. right so it can be organized by either and then over here what jesus is saying what jesus is saying is but let the kingdom the strength of any kingdom is in the 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 wealth of the king in fact the wealth of the king is best seen in how he takes care of those in his kingdom whether he's starving them or they're prospering like a true prosperous kingdom is by looking at the, the prosperity of the people and so, so this is now the battle that Jesus is talking about in this priority conversation. He's like, the battle is, before we can get to priority, we got to talk about faith. Which one are you going to trust in? Which one are you ultimately going to have faith in? Because, because if, if if you trust in the wrong kingdom, you have the wrong priorities, and the wrong things are driving your life. So the way to miss the maximum impact your life can have is to trust in their own kingdom. Again, this conversation is a compassion conversation, not a condemnation conversation. Yes. Here's the second thing. So, so it's about faith. Which one are you going to trust in? So then we get to this, and this is really the secret, that priorities release power. Yes. Priorities release power. Because he says, but seek first the kingdom, and then all these things will be added. All these things. Seek first the kingdom and all these things. Remember, back to the garden. Go, subdue, take dominion, multiply, and then all these things, right? Then you'll have all this food. And, and, so, and so it's the principle, it's the principle of, of priority. Here's what the principle of priority says. The first thing is the most powerful thing. The first thing in your life is the most powerful thing in your life. The highest priority has power over everything else in your life. If you don't believe me, let's, let's do the math on it. In, this, in this, this, so we'll start with the whole idea of lack. If, if you have lack and poverty then takes first place, your whole life is about trying to not be poor or to get past poverty or to get something you want. So your whole pursuit, all of your life, becomes organized by that lack. You see what I'm saying? And now it's like, well, I'm not gonna be poor, so I'll just work more jobs. Nothing wrong with working more jobs. I don't think you should be poor either. I think I think God provides, and I think God provides well. So, you know, I don't necessarily think we're all gonna have jet airplanes tomorrow, but I also think that if if he's a king and we're in his kingdom, our needs are gonna be met. He will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So so I don't think you should be without. In fact, that's what that kingdom says. In fact, I'll show it in a little bit more plain in just a minute, but that's what that kingdom says is that you're not gonna be in lack. But if you're over here and lack has taken first priority and poverty has taken, then all of a sudden your pursuit is about, and you will, you will give up time with your family and you will give up time at church and you will not serve and all that because you are trying to get more, get more because I'm not going to be poor. I'm going to, I'm going to make it into that neighborhood, that club, get to that thing, whatever. And again, it's not wrong with any of those things. The pursuit is what we're talking about, right? Jesus had wealthy friends, when Jesus was born, kings showed up with treasuries. So I don't think Jesus has a problem with money. But what we're talking about is what is organizing our life. What is what is it prioritized by? You put like a lot of people deal with anxiety. Shameless plug on social media. I'm doing a series of videos on anxiety. Just put the first one out there. It's on there if you want to watch it. It probably help you. And so, but when you have anxiety, a lot of people are struggling with anxiety. When anxiety gets to that top place your whole life. And what you do is now you're trying so hard to overcome anxiety. Now it is the first thing on the list. And now anxiety is ordering where you can be, when you can be, who you can hang out with, how you spend your money, what you do. It's all ordered by anxiety. Same. I, listen, I've dealt with anxiety, not a condemnation, not condemning anybody, just making a point. When depression is first, it's the same thing. I'm trying not to be depressed. So what am I focused on? I'm focused on depression because I don't want to be depressed. And so how am I spending my time trying not to be depressed? How am I spending my money trying not to be depressed? How am I prioritizing my life? I just don't want to be depressed. Well, it's fine. You're not supposed to be depressed. But depression, if it gets in that first place, it starts overwhelming the rest of your life. Whatever is first, whether it is a good thing or a bad thing. It prioritizes everything else. That's why Jesus, in compassion, says, Let me help you with anxiety. Let me help you with depression. Let me help you with lack and poverty and fear. Put the kingdom first, and all these things will be added with it. It's compassion, it's Jesus trying to help a friend out. So he's talking, and it's kind of interesting because I think people that struggle with this obviously the most are religious people. Because if if you're not saved, you're not even worried about this. <laughs> so, but but he's talking to religious people, yep. people who would say God was first. They would say it, but he's pointing out it's not that way. Because the truth is, your mouth says what you think, your actions reveal what you trust. Right. And and so and so he is talking to them and he's like, hey, you got to change systems because a religious system is over on this side. He's like, no, you need to be on the side of kingdom. Listen, this may help somebody when you put religion first. Because religion is a bad substitute for kingdom. And religion is actually based on Maslow's hierarchy. I put religion first. So you can be on the religious side of my God will supply all my needs. But I'm seeking religion. So if I pray enough, if I serve enough, if I give enough, if I do enough. And you can actually let religion order your life, which is still void of power. So Jesus' main confrontation, if you will, is with religious people who would have said God is first, but God wasn't first. Religion was first. Yeah. Yeah. God wasn't. Or the king wasn't first. The kingdom wasn't first. Religion was. That's so good. Yeah. Anyway, so you can put that in, 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 the, in, in the same place. And so, so here's the power of it. It's whatever is first. Let me say it again. Let's say it a different way. You are a slave to what you seek. You are a slave to what you seek. You don't believe me? Let's ask the rich young ruler. Yep. Because he comes to Jesus and, and, again, wealthy guy and a good guy. And he's like, I've done all these things. Now, if you think the conversation is about money, it's not because I'm about to flip it in just a second because you got to read the rest of the conversation. But anyways, but Jesus says, okay, well, go and sell all you have. And he went away sad because he had great wealth. Was the wealth the problem? No, the pursuit was the problem. Jesus just used the wealth to put his finger on the pursuit. The number one way God deals with priority in our life is tithing and giving offerings. It's money. That's why in verse 24, the context was you can't serve God and mammon. That's why the tithe is the first 10%. Not the last 10%. It's not an offering. It's the first 10%. Why is God doing that? Because he's worried about the light bill in heaven? Like, why, why is he doing that? Because God's trying to get to the root of priority, and He's trying to get to the root of faith. Tithing's about faith. It takes faith to give the first. Tithing. It's just like we got we get paid on the fifteenth and thirtieth, and so on the fifteenth, um, I believe in setting reoccurring giving. I just like to give mine because I like to pray over it, and so we have reoccurring giving, and you should do that for for old school people like me. I like to pull my app out. I give it through that but you can text and give and and but I like to just say a blessing and a prayer over it, but I pray, I pay that before I even look at my bills for the month because it it doesn't matter what the bills are because the bills won't organize my life the tithe will yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? And that's why he puts money in this conversation, because money is the greatest indicator of priority. So here comes this rich young ruler, and he leaves sad. And you're like, oh, Jesus wants us all to be poor. That's how we serve God, is we just be poor. Now, I went to that church growing up, but I'm going to tell you, they were wrong. They were religious. Like... And there's so many things I'm filtering. It's so funny. Anyways, (laughs) we'll do a director's cut and get that back in there. But anyways, um, but Jesus continues because the rich young ruler leaves. And Peter's kind of like, hey, I abandoned my business to follow you. And so Peter's kind of like asking the question, let's be honest, we would all be asking. He's like, hey, Jesus. So like, I heard what you said, you know, he should give away everything he has. Everything that's so cool. I kind of did that. And I'm just wondering how this is going to work out for me. And look at what Jesus said. He said, I promise you, everyone who has given up houses and land and all this stuff for the kingdom, they'll get back 100-fold in this life and the one who come, and the one to come. Here's what he's saying. Same thing C.S. Lewis said. He said, aim at, aim at the kingdom, aim at heaven, and get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and get nothing. Aim at the earth and get neither. So here's what Jesus pretty much said. Yeah, you aim at heaven, you get a hundredfold in earth and in heaven. You aim at earth, you get neither. Because whatever is order in your life has, has the most power. Here, here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Priorities require intention. Remember, it's seek first the kingdom. So first is priority, kingdom's objective. Seek, seek. Now this is Intentional. Now it's intentional. You don't accidentally seek the kingdom first. You don't accidentally evaluate your priorities and invert them or reestablish them. Does that make sense? That that this is now about intentionality in your life. And the problem is, I think a lot of people have never really defined purpose. So they haven't defined priority and they haven't really looked at this this way. And, and here's the problem because of that. You may not even know what your priorities are and you may not know what your purpose is, but here's what I want you to know. If you leave, if your priorities are left to chance, so is your life. Yeah. Like if your priorities are left to chance, then so is your life. It is just left to chance. It just will be and is. It is and will be whatever it is and and will be. So this is why this is so important. So I want to take you to two ladies in the Bible, Mary and Martha. Oh, everybody moans because you've heard about Mary and Martha. How many Marthas do we have present today? Come on, Martha. It's okay. It's okay. We don't condemn here. You can be honest. Some of you are lying. Some of you are lying. Okay. So, Jesus goes to hang out with Mary and Martha. It says, now, this is Luke 10 38. Now, it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was distracted with much serving and approached him and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to, you know what I've found is when you don't live your life on priority, you're typically mad at everybody else who does. It's kind of like when you don't have boundaries, you get mad at people with boundaries. Come Come on, you know, I'm telling you the truth. Like you're all over the place and you're covering all this ground and here and there and everywhere. And then you meet somebody that se- their life seems to be synchronized and succinct and they're living on purpose. You're like, what is wrong with that person? Because <laughs> How to know you're a Martha if you're mad at a Mary. <laughs> Just let it heal you. <laughs> she said, so tell, tell me if you're a Martha, you have had this prayer time because this is a woman talking to God. We're talking about prayer. And you have gotten down and said, listen, God, listen at everything I'm doing for you right now. Come on, Martha. Come on, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Anyway, Martha, Martha, come on. And you're like, God, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. You know what? They're not doing. And then what makes it worse is God's like, no, they're doing the one thing I ask them to do. Anyways, and then you did this. Tell them, God, you tell them to help me. Uh God, you get, anyways. All right, we got to go. All right, so I'll get off that. It's too much nervous left. (laughs) Everybody's like, it's not me. It's I knew somebody one time. Verse 41, and Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. And so here's, here's the comparison contrasting of Mary and Martha. So look at Martha because she has missing priorities or even misplaced priorities. She is focused on the unnecessary. Because what did you you I just read the whole thing? Yeah. Jesus never asked for food. She is busy doing something for God that He never asked her to do. <laughs> Let it heal you. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I feel like we're having a good session today. Y'all come back next week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> But think about this. She is busy doing things that God never asked her to do. And then she's mad at everyone else because they're not busy doing things that God never asked them to do. I don't know. I've been guilty of this. Like, God. He's like, I didn't ask you to do that. And I wonder how many times we we get so caught up because our priorities are not determined and they're left to chance or they're they're absent or missing or misplaced. And yet, because we're good people and we love Jesus, we get really busy doing things he never asked us to do. We get busy doing the unnecessary and we miss the necessary. Right. Then not only that, but she was busy doing something that wasn't important. That wasn't what was important. So It's like she picked what was unnecessary and what was not important. Because of missing priority. And I was just like, man, you talk about missing purpose in life. You talk about missing out in life. It's how many times are we busy with things that aren't really that important? And how many times are we busy doing things that really aren't that necessary? And yet we have disorder organizing our life and we we forfeit our purpose and we feel like we're failing. And it was all an issue of priority and choosing and making decisions based on priorities because then you you look at Mary. And so here is Mary. She does one thing, one thing. Just one. She sits down at the feet of Jesus. And, and when you, you, you contrast it, she's now focused on purpose. Jesus says this one thing is needed. Here's the power of priorities, really. The power of priorities limits your life so it can be successful. You can't do everything, but you can do Anything. And so priority has a way of limiting our life down to where it can actually accomplish what God designed. But here's what I also saw. Look at the difference between Mary and Martha. Martha is distracted with all the stuff. Mary doing the one thing, purposed, poised, focused. But but then look at this. Mary is peaceful. Martha is troubled about many things. Mary is peaceful because she chose one thing. I need to say it. If you're just really, really lacking peace today, maybe you just chose too many things. Amen. good. You want to know the best part though? is that Martha, think about this, she's distracted, she's doing all the stuff, she's making the bread, she's probably, I don't know, if they're Baptist, she's making a casserole, if they're Pentecostal, she's making a roast. Um, I don't know I'm telling the truth. (laughs) If if they're non-denominational, they're making a fillet, Jesus. But here's what Jesus actually says. She chose the one thing. Get this so good. And it will not be taken away from her. So good. It, she. Whatever I put in God's hands, I cannot lose. And whatever I keep in my hands, I'll never hang on to. And he says, because she chose the right thing. The good thing, the good part, the one thing, she can't lose it. But because you chose all the things, you can't keep them. It's the power of priority. And here's what he's saying. Martha, you came without a plan, and Mary came with a plan. You were unintentional, and she was intentional. Because you don't accidentally, listen, we're talking about the kingdom, we're just values, and you don't accidentally serve. You're not going to wake up next next week in the children's department. You're not. You, you don't accidentally give. Like God's not going to steal that. He's not Robin Hood. He's not going to take the money out of your account. You don't accidentally forgive. That's <laughs> right. Time doesn't heal. Forgiveness does. You need to let them go. You don't accidentally love those who hate you. I got so convicted. There's this guy, Bill Johnson. He, I saw this on social media. It can be good for some things. And and he was talking about how he has groups of people that hate him. He's a fantastic minister of the gospel. And he sat down because I've encountered some haters. I have groups of people that hate me too. It's It means you're doing something right. So hug a hater because that means you're doing something right. And... And, and so, but he was talking about he, he takes communion for the groups that hate him and prays for them and their families. I got so convicted. I'm like, I never would have thought take communion and pray for the people that hate me. Like I thought I was doing good by not calling lightning down from heaven. Like really, I'm like, this is growth, God. I'm not praying for tumors or rats infestations or... Lightning, or for you to, you know, burn their, anyways. <laughs> but, but I'm listening, and I'm like, my God, what a kingdom focused man. What a kingdom focused man. Because you don't accidentally pray for those who hate. You don't accidentally love when it's easier to hate. You don't accidentally forgive. You don't accidentally trust and have faith. You don't, no, you, you have to be intentional. You don't accidentally seek the kingdom. You have to be intentional. This past week, you know, I, you know, like you, I have to cover a lot of ground too. And it was Thursday and I had a lot of things that needed to be done. And, you know, I have just like you, I have dad assignments and, and I have job assignments and all the other stuff. And for me because I really like to live on purpose. I sit down the night before and plan. make sure I plan my next day and I plan what are my three highest objectives that if I get those things done, then I feel like I've won and then I work everything else in. And and I put my meetings in and all that kind of stuff or phone calls or Zooms or whatever I have to be on. And, And I remember sitting there and I just thought, thursday was coming well i had a lot of dad responsibilities I had to get kids to and for fact i had to call and get had to, had to phone a friend and get some help because i couldn't be in multiple places and i had to get one to the doctor and you know then got to get up and and so i like to give in the morning before everybody and i have some quiet time me and jesus that's where i get saved i like to start every day saved if possible and because somebody's going to test your salvation before that day's over <laughs> <laughs> you need to start by getting saved <laughs> And so I was um, I like to get up and do that before I cut the kiwi because Mariah loves kiwis, but I need to cut them because I'm anointed. I'm an anointed kiwi cutter. If you need a kiwi, you just holler at me. <laughs> and so before I cut kiwis, iron shirts or or make the Uber run. Um, and it was just busy. I was sitting there thinking, golly, I don't have time to get all of this because here are my blocks that I can put stuff in because I can't change these obligations. and. And I remember thinking, I can't get all this done. I just can't get it done. And I and I just stopped and I thought, God, I want to seek first the kingdom. What is the highest priority? And it just hit me. Pray. He's like, I want you to take that one block of time and I want you to pray. And I live because now I'm a pastor, it is true, so my priorities look different than yours. Um, but but I know there's prayers I can pray, no one else can pray for this church. Because I birthed it. There's prayers mamas can pray and daddies can pray that nobody else can pray. And 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 so I know while we have tons of people that pray and a staff that prays and just all with lots of prayer people. There's prayers that I need to pray. And and so I, I thought at the end of this day, if none of this stuff gets done, but I spent this time in prayer, I have put the kingdom first. And it was an issue of faith. And I, I got to that block of time. And I went to pray. What was crazy is everything got done that day. And it was peaceful and it was good. And everybody got where they were supposed to go. And I got help when I needed help. People were willing to help and able to help and ready to help and got kids that didn't lose anybody. (laughs) But it's the power of priority. Now it would have been so easy to let lack of time organize my life to let this kingdom order that day. But instead I said, no, it is a discipline. I will intentionally seek first the kingdom. So God, this is your time. What do you want in it? Okay, then I'll pray. And at the end of the day, if all I did was pray, I won because that was the priority. So when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom, it's not out of condemnation. It's out of compassion. Because he loves you And he really knows how life works. And he really wants to provide and take care of you. And he really wants you to be successful. And he really wants you to have your heart's desires. He wants to add all things to you. Amen. Amen. Come on, can you give Jesus praise? Why don't you stand with me? God, we thank you so much for your grace, for your goodness, for being with us, for your love, for your mercy, for your presence in this place. God, we just want to hear from you. Will you take a moment and just bow your head before we leave? But don't, don't log off yet. If you could stay, stay online. But take, even if at home, do this. Say, God, what do you want to say to me? It's real. Just take this moment. And say, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to say to me? And God, I just pray you'd speak to us. God, that you would speak to us. whether are watching online, whether in the room, God, speak to us. And while we're just listening for God to speak, whether you're in this room or online, I just want to stop and say, if you need a relationship with God, if you want one, I mean, you need one, but if you want one, I want a relationship with God. I'd love to pray for you. And I'm not asking if you're a religious person. I'm not asking If you've ever prayed a prayer, signed a card, been baptized, sung a song, those are all wonderful things, but I'm asking, do you have a current up-to-date? In other words, if you and Jesus sat down to talk and you needed to catch him up on your life, would you start at yesterday or would you start at five years ago? you need a current up-to-date relationship with Jesus if you do i want to pray for you and so i never call you out or embarrass you just want to pray for you but if that's you when we're listening for god and you're there and if you feel that tug or that nudge in your stomach or your chest that's the holy spirit saying hey that's you you need a relationship with god i'd love to pray for you whether you're in the room or online and so if that's you i'm going to ask you to do something bold because between you and god it has nothing to do with me but i want you just to lift your hand up and say god that's me I want a relationship with you. Even if you're all alone in your living room, just lift your hand. It's just a sign of surrender saying, God, that's me and that's what I want. Awesome. And so I just want to pray for you, whether you're in this room or you're online. And it's not the words, it's the heart. You you can use your own words, but just to help you out, it'd be something like this. You'd, You'd make this declaration that, God, I believe in you, and I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died and rose again. And he did that to forgive me and to bring me to you. And so, God, I ask you that you would forgive me. Make me a new creation and help me to live on purpose for you for the rest of my life. And, God, I pray as they pray their version of that prayer that you would do just that and that you would help them to live for you. God, help us all to live for you and help us to see Matthew 6.33 not as a command but as as a display of your compassion and help us, God, to let the kingdom set the priorities of our life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Come on, can you give Jesus one more one more praise? He is so good. Um, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come. If you're on our prayer team, we end all of our worship experience with a time of prayer. If you need prayer for anything, if you lifted your hand or you just need prayer, we would love to pray with you be our honor if you're online you can text my pathway prayer to 77977 my pathway prayer 77977 we'd be glad to pray with that way everyone else say big god bless you we love you you're amazing go take over your world we will see you next weekend god bless you